FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers. Moira? Scoot? (laughs) (laughs) Captain Obvious. Uh, Thank you for showing up there, Moira, and especially uh, uh, Scoot and the captain. Uh, (laughs) We also have a guest with us here today. Uh, What do you say? Debbie, Debbie. <laughs> how <are> you? <laughs> I believe the way you pronounce her name is Deborah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've been pronouncing my name incorrectly for years. <laughs> oh, and of course, Artie. Hello, Artie. And of course, Artie, my sidekick. <laughs> He's like, has he hit record yet? Has he hit record yet? <laughs> anyway, um, so. We're good to go into this at last because this is a very sad, sad episode, and I might just break down a couple of times as we recap it. Oh, for goodness so, sake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get uh, the Darwin Awards out of the way, and we can get into it, shall we? Before then, can I make a suggestion for a title of this episode? It's already titled. It's called David <laughs> and the Mummy. It's what? David and the Mummy. <laughs> David and the Mummy? Yes. It's too soon. It's too uh, soon. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I think you got some fanfic waiting to be written. Mm, perhaps. Mm. Does it involve, involve a bowl of Cheerios? That's my question. <laughs> Carry on. Did you, were you about to say, does it involve a bowl of Cheerios? Because that would be funny. No, but I accidentally almost said that. Carry on. <laughs> Darwin Awards, in which we Yay. honor idiots that snuff themselves out before they reproduce. Uh, it was hard to find a Darwin Award for this one, but there was a break-in, so here we go. Dum Dum Boutique. Uh, this took place in 1999 in New York. Perhaps as people get older, some folks really should retire from their careers, or so it would seem for one 55-year-old burglar. You see, Terrence found new meaning in the term hanging around late at the bar when he never returned home one one night. Turned out he was actually trying to break through the roof's window of a shop called the Dum Dum Boutique, a catchy name for a clothing shop by bending back bars on the window. From this vantage point, he made a commanding move and jumped into the store through the hole. I'm just imagining him like Batman. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, his sweater apparently didn't like that at all, and refusing to join him, caught on one of the bent bars, which subsequently strangled him to death. He was found dead at the scene on Saturday morning. Wow, that's a really well-knit sweater. (laughs) (laughs) The weight of a man! (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, so let's take a break and hear from our friends at Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV. So Ghost infected Frank. He passed it on to the other guys and I got it from his corpse. Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling? Did I fall asleep? For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person, but... Oh, man, there's just way too much on all these channels. But only in-game. In your dreams, nutloaf. Bite my shiny metal hat. Sometimes I get, I get visions. Walter, what are you doing? What you learn? I wish there was some way to find out what's really worth watching. There is. What? Who? What was that? Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? 
With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brent each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. No, seriously. How did you get into my house? And we're back, and it's time for some open casket viewing. Moira? Okadoke. Here we are, Season 5, Episode 10, Oof. All Alone. While David attends to family business, Keith makes an embarrassing self-discovery on the job. Brenda is challenged by Nate and answers a hard question for Maya. Maggie gets a door shut in her face. Ruth lets Bettina play nurse. Rico and Vanessa decide to protect their future. Claire is comforted by Ted's squareness. <laughs> George makes a speech about love. Written by Kate Robin and directed by Adam Davidson. Now, what is it? What did, can you just backtrack? What did it say about Nate in the description? It says Bre- Brenda is challenged by Nate and answers a hard question for Maya. Yeah. Brenda <laughs> is challenged by Nate. Well, the thing is, the thing is, um, I, I've been reading some like reviews and stuff like at the time of what was going on with Six Feet Under, and some reviewers online were trying to take guesses at what was coming in the future, and they actually got episode descriptions ahead of time. Ah. But but like Nate was like mentioned all through, you know, like this episode, and and you know because they wanted to keep it sort of like a mystery of, you know, he's in the episode, but yet he's really. <laughs> It's not in the episode. So it's just yeah, interesting so how sometimes they word that. So they were trying to uh, kind of like throw a red herring in there. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same as a DVD um, description as what they gave to, you know, people who got like preview discs or whatever. Um, but yeah. So um, we have another writer doing uh, their last episode on the show, Kate Robin, uh, who's got a great last name. Um, she did a <laughs> private life, <laughs> the plan. She's responsible for the last time, uh, the eye inside the opening terror starts at home and a coat of white primer. Um, she was last seen shopping a 2011 pilot for HBO called spring fall starring Sigourney Weaver and Tia Leone. And it got shelved. So <laughs> hope for the best Kate Robin again. Awesome. Last name. um so here we go we open up on ruth crying and uh it turns out um she hears some talking from the other room and she comes around the corner and there's nate sitting in his pjs and uh he's recounting the tale of how he got to where he was going and there was no death wasn't it relief when you realized that i thought he said death I thought he said debt. Debt? I thought he was waxing philosophical about the fact that you don't have debts anymore. It's awesome. Oh, I'm so sorry. Death makes much more sense. All my blockbuster late fees are gone. It's the best. Um, but uh, yeah, Ruth wakes up happy and realizes then that she that he's actually gone. And then. Those are the worst dreams that people that are dead are still alive are the worst. I hate those dreams. Mm -hmm. They are the worst. Um, 
I know I've been here before, licking the last remnants of weed out of a bag. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Uh, that's what I've never done that before, and I don't even know how that would even get you high. If it's- yeah, I was wondering if that was weed, because you don't usually lick it. Yeah. yeah, I initially thought it was leftover weed, but then I was like, well, but then she was acting so weird the rest of the episode. Maybe it was, I was thinking maybe shrooms. Ooh. Could have been. No, I think I David's the one who took the shrooms. Yeah, I don't think it should happen. I don't know. There is some potent stuff out there that if you ingested, you know, a little bit of it, it might kind of mess you up. I mean, she. Well, she's only there are act- pot brownies. So. Yeah. She only acts like she's That's got true. a little bit of relief from that scene. I don't know if it, she goes through this entire episode acting high. I think she just goes through this entire episode being kind of out of touch with everything because of Nate's death. Because she's kind of in shock and grieving. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a drug shock combo. Mm. Well, so yeah, I thought it was just the, the shock and, and you know, all that crap. Because everybody grieves in their own way. Mm-hmm. As we could see from the show. <laughs> yes. Um, so Brenda, we see Brenda waking up in Maya's bed. And Maya's not there. She goes out and sees her sitting in front of the TV. And she says, where's my daddy? Your lying piece of shit father is dead. (laughs) (laughs) I would not say. (laughs) (laughs) But boy, oh boy, Brenda is in the worst position ever. Yeah. Oh, I would hate to be in Brenda. Like, I would hate to have Brenda's life right now. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. Ugh. Carrying the seed of an adulterer who broke up with you on his deathbed. (laughs) And you have to raise this ugly, ugly child that isn't even yours. Beautiful child. Or or not. Give it back to the grandparents, not her kid. She could probably get a, a good chunk of change for that kid. Probably. Hmm. Sex trades, you know. No, I wouldn't think of that. Oh, I'm Jesus. thinking more ch- child labor. That's child just labor. me then? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes, it is yes. you would send Maya to Thailand. I would send her to Ireland. If that ever happened to Maya, you know, I have a particular set of skills. And Robin would cry. I would. Yeah, you have crying skills, Robin. Yeah. You have crying skills. You're going to tell us all about that this episode, yes. weren't you? Yes. <laughs> By the way, this is my first sniffle right here. Uh, oh, where's oh, my daddy? It's so yeah. sad. It really is sad. What do you say? Do you say your uh, adulterous father uh, died as soon as he broke up with me? No. Or uh, do you uh, <laughs> bite your tongue and go half crazy saying, uh, your daddy's gone and I'll explain later. Here, have some breakfast. Here, have some more food. She, she's a therapist. She should know, I mean, the best way to deal with this kind of thing. Didn't they learn that in school? But it's got to be different, you know, at home. Moira, you, you, you're happy, you, you happen to be a medical doctor. <laughs> is it true <laughs> that the cobbler always has the worst shoes? Is, who have all, always is, it, shoes? is it true? Is the old adage that the cobbler is always the one with the worst pair of shoes yes. true? Yeah, there's some there's some truth to the idea that yeah, some of the psychiatrists I know are cuckoo. Uh huh. Well, yeah, that's a given because my aunt is crazy as hell and she's a psychologist, <laughs> which I don't know how that happened because somebody obviously got bribed. But to you know, to answer your question, 
God, I can't, you, no way would you tell little Maya anything other than a very concrete version of, you know, that daddy's not coming back. Yeah. That's it. She's, she's what, two? Right. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, it's funny. They had this, you know, Nate and Brenda had the same kind of conversation. They were talking about coherent parenting and talking about Maya's past. I mean, this is, her past has gotten even worse. I was expecting her to say something about, you know, he's gone like your first mommy was or something, but she never oh. really did that. <laughs> he's gone well, to yeah. find your first mommy. Because they were talking about, you know, how first mommy and everything. Yeah. So I assume they explained to her somehow that, you know, she's gone, dead. Well, maybe they scrapbook. Brenda needs to scrapbook some more. With, yeah. With oh, God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's terrible. But, it, you know, if she's got that set up in place, you know. It just gives scrapbooking a whole new meeting, oh. Robin. Man. New mommy, I hope there's not a page for you. Wink. <laughs> Oh, wouldn't it be awesome if anyone she puts in the scrapbook dies <laughs> oh, this is turning into a terrible Twilight Zone episode or an excellent awesome. NBC pilot you should put Maggie in the scrapbook then let's wait on Maggie because oh my god Maggie anyway uh, so alright what the hell is wrong with that Quaker? <laughs> moving it on. Moving on. We got to get there first. Uh, okay. So um, we have David um, planning out the funeral uh, from, you know, Make full legal list. pad, like Make two pages. That's what <laughs> yeah. Wow. Are he's we supposed to believe? Sorry. Go ahead, Des. Uh, I was just saying he's definitely Ruth's son. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, I believe that we're supposed to believe from this scene that he is sleep-deprived. To the point where, later on, hallucinations will happen. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be sleep-deprived just because he missed one night's sleep. Um, Exactly. I don't think missing one night's sleep is enough to hallucinate like that. Uh, If we point to precedent, uh, couples v. hallucination horse. But maybe stress and shock is enough to hallucinate like that? I don't know. I think it takes at least a good 72 hours of being awake without sleep before you start. I vouch for having certainly been up pretty much two days straight working. I sure as heck wasn't hallucinating. So, yeah, I'm with you. Wasn't that in the 80s when they let you take uppers and downers whenever you wanted? Maybe he's not. Sorry, Maybe I suppose not. Lo- uh, She's no. not Nurse Jackie. What the hell is going on <laughs> here? Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. Wrong show. Um, but I think it's his anxiety disorder. That's that's yes. what's coming out. It's yes. not. It's not about sleep deprivation. Well, that's yeah. true. But you know, it's pro- it's probably not technically hallucination because everybody on the show has hallucinated people <laughs> at one time or another. It's probably just another. You know. A projection of the mind kind of thing, you know, from like what plot, he's going through. Sort of a plot device. You're showing us where he's at. Yeah. yeah. Basically. <clears throat> um, okay, so, yeah, D- David's got to go pick up Nate's body, and Keith needs to go get the boys uh, their suits. Um, and at the morgue, David uh, finds out that Nate donated his organs. Yay! Surprise! This was... So surreal for me, <laughs> you know what I mean. Seeing Nate laying there, you know, having been 
you know, basically cut open and with the eyes and everything. It was just so, I was like, oh my God, this is just crazy. Because, you know, he's been a main character of the show mm-hmm. for five seasons. So I was like, it was really surreal. It was, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely the eyes are the big part of that. That just, that nothing there, the white and then, of course, in the next scene where Jake appears in his red hoodie and spits out his eyeballs. Ugh. Yeah, gross. gross. Um, meanwhile, at the homestead, uh, Bettina is helping out, and Ruth is trying to stay numb with pills. Yay, pills! Stray pills, definitely. <laughs> um, David and Claire come in, and Ruth starts in on David. Why wasn't Dr. DePaulo called? Um, what what happened? You know, I don't know. It's like I, I feel I feel David's pain. I'm also feeling Ruth's pain in this. It's well, like, go ahead. Ruth wasn't there, so she wasn't able to, you know, experience it firsthand. So she's just going over it again and again, trying right. to make sense of it. I mean, I can totally understand, but, you know, it sucks for David because she's kind of being, you know, a jerk about it. Yeah, I don't know if she's trying to come off like, what did you do, you know, or why did you do all this? You know what I think it is? It's because when you're not present at somebody's death, if somebody else can um, walk you through it and kind of tell you step by step what happened, I think it really helps people to cope with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what she's looking for. It's like she needs to know every single moment of it so she can get her head around it. Right, and she just keeps going over and over it, probably just trying to think, well, what went wrong, what went wrong, you know. What? Or what, or maybe what could have been done to save him. And, right. and she's, of course, feeling horribly guilty because she wasn't there. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I could see somebody reacting that way for sure. And we have our intake uh, this episode with Brenda. And um, we find out that Nate had a pre-need about being cremated and Rabbi, Rabbi Ari Hoffman presiding <laughs> over it. Oh, God, I'd forgotten about Rabbi Ari. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say I found that really disquieting to unsettling, watching one of our main characters be, you know, the, the person having the intake. It, yeah. Uh, it was sort of surreal. That's why we didn't have an opening death this week, I suppose. Yeah, because Nate is our opening death. Yeah. So now they're doing this green funeral. What do you guys think about these green funerals? Well, I liked it because you know what? It's probably a lot cheaper. Uh, Um, I I saw this thing on Twitter. I told Christine it's what I want. You get cremated and then your ashes are put into the special urn that has a seedling and you actually become part of a tree. Oh, no way. Because they plant it in the ground. I so want that. So I told her, forget my idea of renting a trebuchet and flipping me up <laughs> into the water. Um, I renting, want this now. Renting, wait a minute. Back up. Rent the trebuchet. Because, hey, there's one of those on every corner. Listen, it's easier. It'll be easier to find someone who has one built who does, like, uh, like like Renaissance fairs than it is to try and build it yourself. <laughs> I, I honestly have a friend. I have a friend on Twitter who lives in Maryland who has built a trebuchet in his backyard. Are you awesome. Yes. The original plan was have me trebucheted into the water. That is awesome. So find somewhere where that's legal. Flung <laughs> 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 into the ocean because there was a on, on Northern Exposure. Someone did that, and I thought it was the yeah. coolest thing ever. Oh, wow. Really and uh, now I want this. I plant me in the ground as the base for a tree. Mm-hmm. It'll cool. be awesome. 
I always and wanted a bike. Don't funeral. let anyone piss on it. <laughs> no dogs allowed. Are you on a Viking I, funeral, Des? I wanted a Viking funeral. I wanted them to put me on a raft and push me out into the water nice. and shoot a flaming arrow into it so it sets on fire and it's all pretty. But Skylar informed me that that's like to get permits for that is like extremely expensive. Permits. You live in America. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> poor and have no savings if anything happens to me now i'm going with a green funeral yeah. no embalming no coffin you know bury me in a park and hey that's cheap <laughs> nice. you know my serious answer to what i think of it is i think a green funeral suits nate yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean he was the original crunchy granola in his co-op you know in <laughs> seattle and uh that just seems to suit him perfectly well that's what he gave lisa a green yep. funeral yes he did <laughs> yep. he did this one's legal um gabby what do you think about it i did i i couldn't stop thinking about if it was actually legal or not and then i remembered that they were in california i'm sure they got the permits for it well look i don't know because i i always assumed that there were laws involving disposal of dead remains well and i thought you had to do it certain ways not necessarily the green way I don't well, know. There, there are there are laws, and like you can only bury bodies in specific areas unless you have a permit. Like you can bury someone in like your family plot in the yard that's been there for hundreds of years, but you have to get a permit for that kind of thing. And I'm what I thought was that the park that, that they used it for was a park that they actually did this for when people you know yeah. wanted mm-hmm. they, they paid they paid to have them there just like they would for a cemetery this has got to be perfectly this has got to be perfectly legal i don't see yeah. david or rico uh, uh, approving anything no. like like let's rush into the park no. and get him in the ground we saw david checking out the website if there's a yeah, website it must be legal exactly yeah i wish yeah. i was thinking about in real life <laughs> oh, <laughs> no i think it's oh. a real thing wow well, i'm pretty sure those, yeah uh-huh it's on TV. <laughs> well, then it's got to be real. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, um, Brenda can't really decide whether to do the cremation or the green funeral. And then maybe we should ask Maggie. Uh, 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 and Ruth comes in. and Actually, she... thought that seemed really, uh, really true to life that she'd say that. Mm. You know, like, no kidding. Why don't we ask the ferret? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, she she just, you know scoffed when she heard Rabbi, Rabbi Ari Hoffman's name because that was one of the first people that, you know, Nate was like, oh my gosh, she's so incredible. I need to spend time and talk to her and not hang out with you at all. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like Maggie is just another form of that, I think. Uh, yep. Nate. Anyway, uh, so Ruth is really wanting uh, Nate to be in the family plot next to her. And David tells her she can be buried next to where Nate's going and you guys can spend time together there. <laughs> right? Um, no, what he should have said is, this isn't about you! <laughs> and Rico's looking to make some extra money with the uh, Felix, Felix funeral, but David says no other funeral while Nate's is going on. And then... Um, we have a ferret attack in the next scene. Oh, <laughs> Clumsy ferret attack. She's the worst. She is the absolute Maggie. worst. Are you really going to bring a quiche to the woman whose husband you fucked to death? Exactly. exactly. Oh my God. Just like Brenda 
said, oh, I would not. I would not go anywhere near. <sighs> she, it was so, I don't know if it was, uh, uh, there was no commentary on this, which sucks. Because because I was wondering if, uh, you know, they filmed that the way Brenda opened the door and, you know, Maggie made the mistake of knocking over her plant and all this stuff. But the way they shot Maggie, where it almost looked like it was like Igor at the door, like a hunchback. <gasps> <gasps> you know? Isn't that what she sounds like on your TV? <laughs> That's what she sounds like on my TV. <laughs> it's just like, ah, I, 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 oh, gosh. Um. So yeah, Brenda, you know, drops some knowledge on Maggie. Says uh, it's it's go ahead, go ahead. Well, it's hard for me to fathom what <laughs> I'm just flabbergasted. What Maggie really thought her reception would be. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you walk to the door, you bring you bring food because that's what you do when people die. But you made a travesty of this lady's life. I mean, you're so naive that you think that. That Brenda even wants to talk to you? Well, I she just, I just say, don't she get just, it. She said she was just going to leave the quiche on the porch. That she wasn't going to, you know, even knock on the door and talk to Brenda. So, I know, but why bother? Like, yeah, who wants why? a random quiche? Yeah, <laughs> because to, to assuage your guilt—that's the only reason. The only, yeah, you know, you're not exactly. do, again. You're not doing this for Brenda. You're doing it for yourself, Ferret. Who, le- who eats what? food that's left on their porch? <laughs> no, I'm uh, not. not <laughs> if it were I'm Montreal, ra- if it were Montreal, the raccoons would have already, you know, made <laughs> off with it. <laughs> the raccoons are limited to the Mount Royal in the middle, <laughs> oh, or God. the the homeless would realize that was an invitation to come stay there for a while. <laughs> What's that? Because it's because it's Canada. Because <laughs> it's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, Maggie the ferret. <laughs> Brenda says he wasn't in love with you. He needed someone to make him feel better, like he was a better man than he actually was. It could have been anyone. I think she's right. Yes, and you know what? When she said that, I instantly recalled that I forgot to mention my favorite quote of the last episode, which was, you just want an illusion to stick your dick into. <laughs> and that's exactly what Maggie was. An illusion he stuck his dick in, Maggie. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> in a weird way, I guess this is my point, really. If she's coming there, she has this strange sort of naive tay, you know? Like, I don't think she realizes at all what Nate's about. Right. No. You know? <laughs> no, no. She, I mean, she, she slept with him. You know, she didn't have a real relationship with him. Exactly. Exactly. Um, in the next scene, Ruth is looking for things to blame, like the cell phone, not having a cell phone. Why did Claire make me get a haircut? And, uh, <laughs> Stupid Claire. <laughs> always her fault. <laughs> then she breaks down okay. sobbing, saying, I want my son. And that's when I started okay. sobbing. Uh, and this on. is the part that nearly got me yes. because there's nothing worse, nothing worse than a parent losing a child. You should never lose a child. I don't care if it's grown or what. It's the worst thing in the world. And so uh, it actually Desiree got- clearly said by someone who has never sat on her own balls. It, it actually <laughs> brought tears to my eyes they didn't come out or anything they went mm-hmm. away quickly but <laughs> there we go that's the first of two times that happened oh programming error reset my software and i was okay for a while <laughs> they're like why don't you cry des 
I'm sorry, guys. I can't do that. Uh, now, this was a touching moment as well, but there's a moment later on where I just started crying like a big fat baby. <laughs> I didn't go that far. No offense to fat babies, by the way. <laughs> no drinking. Sorry. Okay. Um, so we're in the embalming room, and we have Nathaniel here telling him that, telling David that he, the wrong one died. And, you know, David's been trying to kill himself for years, and Nate was Ruth's favorite, and Claire was his. And David says, you make me sick, and Nathaniel throws a football at his head, and David gets two for flinching. I really kind of hated this scene. I hated this scene. Lynching at an imaginary football. I hated this because I didn't think David was still so full of self-loathing anymore, so I... I didn't. I didn't think this scene was necessary. I really didn't. Hmm. I agree with you, Moira. Well, he must be really, really like totally fucked up by what happened. That yeah. was the only yes. thing I could think of. Mm-hmm. I think it hit really him really hard that he was there with him, as well. Mm-hmm. You, yes. you know, do you know? I don't, you think about what he had to do. I, I. I don't know. I really don't know if I could do that. If if I could do my duties on my own sibling i mean in a way i understand you know traditionally in olden times that is what you did families got their own family members ready for burial and it was a normal thing to do and i get all that but i just think that would be so unbelievably hard but david's that kind of person who like wants to make sure everything is done right you know and he does it and you know it's his brother he doesn't want anybody else doing this he wants to do it i think that you know it's still hard, but he's that kind of person that needs to do it. David, yeah, I think I think you're right. David really didn't have to do anything except for clean him. No. He didn't. He didn't have to do. He didn't have to do embalming. He didn't have to be doing restoration. No, no viewing right. presentation or anything. Nothing. He just had to clean him off and wrap him back up again. To to me, it seemed like um, it would be therapeutic for him to go through the motions and do everything that he normally would do. Plus it would give him, I don't know, maybe some, you know, some, some alone time to get some kind of closure and be able to say goodbye in his own way to his brother. Mm-hmm. But he can't get that because no. here comes Ruth and the <laughs> arguing starts again. Um, and, uh, but uh, yeah, it's Ruth is still, holding on to the fact that she wants a viewing and she's got a suit with her. And, but um, David says, you know, if you want a viewing, you can look at him now. And so Ruth comes over and starts to clean David, clean Nate with David. Uh, yeah. And then I cry. And then this is where I start crying. Uh, <laughs> like, here we go. Oh, here it starts. Now. Uh, it was sad. Because I felt bad for Ruth because, you know, seeing her son in that state was probably tough. Of course, probably for David, too. But I didn't think it was that sad. I don't know. I was imagining if that were my child yeah. and I just, if that were Davis, I, See, I, couldn't, I couldn't. That that just did me in right there. That's how I felt when she was crying to Bettina. And she's like, I just want my son, you know, I just want yeah. my, my baby mm-hmm. boy back. And that's when I just wanted to grab my children and hold on to them and never, ever, ever let them go. It's great how, how uh, uh, Franny Conroy played this because it's like um, you get that first, that uh, revulsion kind of, uh, do I want to go near? Uh, and then she's like, that's my boy and I'm going to wash him like, you know, I'm yours. I'm his mother, and she starts just mothering him. 
you know? Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it must be really, I know, just to, to see your child naked and laying there on the, the slab, you know, with the, you know, the, the, the head half shaved with the, the, you know, the sutures there and then his, on his chest and just, oh my God, how horrible that must be. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Ruth, uh, asks for more details and that's when David really starts getting really upset and saying, at least I was there. Claire comes in on all this arguing and Nate's body. And, you know, she just, all she can say is like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, she ends up, uh, running off after, um, Ruth walks, walks out. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, Ted gets a call from Claire and she says, my brother's dead. You're not busy. Are you? (laughs) He's not busy at all. Uh, nope. Of course not. He's. I like Ted. Uh, Ted's awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> he is. He, he, dro- he, he looks. Yes. Really he dropped busy. everything. Dropped okay. everything to be, which was just awesome. Yeah. And he looked like he was really busy, but he just stopped whatever he was doing, and he came. You know, when Claire needed him. Mm-hmm. Um. Meanwhile, at the Pasquisi residence, um, Trevor <laughs> uh, is pissed because Roger guaranteed him, guaranteed him a role, and it didn't work out. And now he's throwing stuff oh, all around. Scoot McNary. This is Scoot McNary right there. <laughs> yeah. And where do we yeah. know Scoot from? From Monsters. Monsters, yeah. Yes. Good movie. <sighs> Trivia moment. Thank you, does. I got so excited. I was like, wait, I know that guy. I was like, oh, my God, Scoop McNary. <laughs> and I've only seen him in the other thing, but he has the best name ever. I kept thinking, like, he was, I thought maybe he was, like, Skeet Ulrich for a minute there. Yeah. He's got a Skeet look to I, him, but he's Scoot. <laughs> I looked it up just to make sure that it was the right one, because they do look alike. Yeah. When you get your Skeets and Scoots mixed up, it's not a good I know. Name. Both great names, though. Um, but Roger... Tells Keith to take this guy to the airport, and he's going to take care of the boys and get their pants hemmed and bring them, and then they'll meet at the funeral. Which uh, Keith immediately loses Fish of the Week for agreeing to. Uh, (laughs) We have Margaret arriving at Brenda Brenda's house and uh, saying, "Damn, you've had a shitty year," and she offers locks and vodka. And uh, vodka to the pregnant woman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, they did just to sit around and smoke parliaments for nine years. That's right. That's right. And we all turned out okay. She said some sort of line in here where she's talking about how, like, now now it's like, you know, it's dangerous to mess with Brie or something like that. And I looked at Brie, I was like, it is. Um, um, trust Margaret Chenoweth to turn it around and make it about herself. Yes, uh, especially um, after saying, "I don't want to make this about me." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make this about red me. flag, red flag. <laughs> you know, I was with Margaret until she started with the whole like, ah. So anyway, Olivier left me, and uh, but uh, I mean, I want to kill myself. God, I know it's not the same, but I'm alone. Yeah, mom, it's not the same. <laughs> I was hoping, I mean, she did at least, you know, try to negotiate the whole Brenda and Maya thing. Brenda was being a little bit too, I don't know, I think she was being a little bit too blunt 
to Maya and because of her emotions, she wasn't exactly yeah. safe. Yeah, I think, things. I think Brenda's just uh, barely hanging on and yeah. not knowing what's right anymore. So, yeah, that's the one thing Margaret did do well was to say, oh, we need to be a little softer here. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah. Brenda <laughs> is now without any biological urge whatsoever to help out this baby. It's all it's, it's all going to come out of altruism. Altruism for the child of a man who dumped her on his deathbed. It's like, every time uh, I would look at that baby, I would just see this jerk. I mean, Maya so, or yeah, the baby? I'm going to be rude to the two-year-old. <laughs> she's, she's been raising Maya for, what, like a year now? I mean, yeah, she, it, that's got to count for something. Mm-hmm, I mean, this I has been so. basically your child for a year. You, you, you don't just... You know, no. give them back like. Well, I mean, I understand she's in a really what? fucked up place Don't right now. Ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Can we get to Kelly Clarkson already? Because <laughs> I spread my wings and I learned how to fly. You know what I'm saying? You just got to break away. You love Top 40. I love Top 40. <laughs> this like scene with top. Ted driving Claire, uh, with <laughs> that, just uh, the ultra cheerful soaring pop music it's just <laughs> it's so perfect i love it so much um, all you missed was i believe in they got love <laughs> <laughs> which you should have on every single mix you make for the car by the way <laughs> it, it's just one of those things i mean you know I, I i've lost somebody in my life um my father and it's like you 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 ex- this is so real it's like you're you're driving with somebody and just the music uh, that you would never ever listen to um, is playing, and you're just kind of like, "What the f-? like?" It's a totally fucking <laughs> different world than anything. Mm-hmm. It's just so weird, and I don't know. And yet you're like, "I don't even, I don't even care." Whatever. <laughs> I, I just, I'd see this in the this the scene where she's driving around with Ted with the top forty. It's <laughs> it's not like top forty makes you feel better, but it's like it's so like I don't know. Mindless. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I'd rather listen to this than like Nine Inch Nails, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Is it kind of like the comfort food equivalent? It's comfort music? (laughs) No, but it's just like that that weird zone you're in where like nothing's ever going to be the same ever again. And meanwhile, the world is moving on. Kelly Clarkson is making, you know, top 40 hits and, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't. I hope I worded it correctly. But um. when my dad died, I just listened to Metallica for weeks. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. to each their own, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, Claire is talking about how she's only seems to remember the bad times about Nate, and this one time when she wanted to write an English paper about a family member she knows the least, and Nathaniel was already dead. But and then Nate just turned her down. And she just can't stop thinking about it. Okay, and that, that got me again. Yeah. <laughs> That's the next time. That I started getting, I'm just going to, you know, record this for posterity. 
<laughs> oh. Again, perfectly beautiful day. It must, you know, just driving, your hair whipping around, and Kelly Clarkson playing, and yet you feel like the worst pain in the world. It's so, uh, just losing someone is such a crazy experience. It's like when you, when there's a funeral for a loved one, and it's a beautiful sunny day, and you're like, it should be overcast and raining, and it should be the worst, nastiest day ever, because that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> meanwhile, Rico is flipping out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I actually felt a little bad for Rico. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, he's, he starts out talking about money, but what he's really ups- worried about is that this could happen to him or Vanessa, and, you know, it kind of uh, freaked him out yeah. a little bit. They need some life insurance. And Yeah, and I totally get that, because it does. When something happens like this to someone you know, and it's like, wow, this could happen to them, this could happen to me, you know, I need to get my affairs in order. The way Rico started out the scene, it was so funny. It was just like, like he brought it right around, right back around to me feeling something for him. Because it was just, as we go into the scene, he's just like, David's going to spend all the money on the crematorium. Oh, my God. All my money is going to be so... And then he's like, put you and the kids. And when he starts talking about the life insurance, and it's like, okay, okay. So, yeah, all right. He's losing it. So <laughs> and yeah, He's worried he's... and shocked. And all of a sudden... Vanessa, it's Vanessa, right? Vanessa, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I all, all I can think about is the comment about Puerto Rican vaginas. Anyway, um, <laughs> Vanessa does a very adult thing, which is very useful. Which is, how about we catch up with you? <laughs> and it's lovely because you can freak out alone. Yeah, and we'll catch up with you, and you'll be sane. Very good. <laughs> David is staring at a notepad with Nate's name, and now he has can't write anything. Um, anyway, so Roger shows up with the boys. They got new iPods. And, uh, <laughs> nice. Big, Uncle Roger's nice. Big old plant. <laughs> There's no teeth. <laughs> what was that, a ficus? I Wasn't it an orchid? I thought it was an orchid. Oh. A ficus doesn't have flowers. No, oh, that's why they're low maintenance. Right. What's creepy is I have the exact same flower pot. <laughs> I really do. I was like, oh, I have that. <laughs> that's weird. You have. A you know what that means? Don't put it on your front porch, or someone will come along and break it when they're trying to leave you quiche. <laughs> no quiche for you. Quiche. God, uh, I hate when random strangers leave me quiche. And what kind of quiche was it? Quiche Lorraine? What was it? <laughs> That's the real question. It was probably the most boring quiche ever. It was <laughs> probably just it was probably an oat quiche. It was probably just oats. <laughs> what is that? Quiche for a horse? Good lord. No, it's a Quaker joke, Moira. Come on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did anybody else get that joke? No. I feel better. <laughs> No, I feel worse now. I'm going to be in hysterics when I'm editing. I feel so bad, I think I need to listen to a song. <laughs> I got Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. some Kelly Clarkson. Perhaps some Kelly Clarkson. There's some Kelly Clarkson. I feel much better now. That's the wrong song. Okay, good. Whew. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't get to play DJ on this podcast. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's not about you, I've Robin. I've encouraged him. Um, meanwhile, at the airport, Keith has just gotten hung up on by um, David, and he discovers that Roger has a special video of him that uh, he can't uh, seem to I did not without. find that shocking at all. Oh, <laughs> Nasty. And that's when I started to cry for the fifth time. <laughs> no, Katie. No, not a blowjob video. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, Illyrio, you have some uh, Dixie Chicks to play right now? Because we're, <laughs> we're going into some landslide here. Um, sure. Huh? You're ruining all the songs we're supposed to play at the end. Oh, I'm playing every one of them in a mashup. Yeah, okay. You want Cinemagon <laughs> or Goodbye Earl? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> It's got to be Landslide. Uh, landslide. I'm sorry. You're hitting all the wrong songs. Did you not sorry, I suck. notice during the episode? Then, <laughs> by the way, the Dixie Chicks, worst version of that song. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac, best version. Agreed. Thank and you. then What's His Face is in the middle. Smashing Pumpkins in the middle. Yes, totally. <laughs> and then What's His Face? Smashing Pumpkins, whatever. You What's know, the pumpkin? band, I don't like him that much. Anyway, so Ted's talking about his sister, his, uh, how he's got an asshole sibling (laughs) (laughs) who's you know helps everybody out but is actually you know has no heart uh because the other sister betsy uh was in chemo and she probably saw her like maybe once or twice and uh that's three years yeah that's when uh claire realizes we have to go back (laughs) (laughs) um keith and david make up well, Keith hugs it out, uh, uh, hugs the anger out of David. That was sweet. And then Ruth is telling Father Jack that God is an asshole, and Aunt Sarah comes <laughs> to back her up. I was excited to see Father Jack again. Hey, Father Jack. <laughs> so Bob Dylan's knocking on Heaven's Doors playing as everyone's getting seated at Nate's wake, and everybody's there. Um, <laughs> we see Todd and Tom Wheeler and... Olivier and George and Maggie and Jackie. Why is Maggie there? Because as Maggie likes to remind everyone, they were step-siblings. For like (laughs) three months. (laughs) That doesn't mean anything. Isn't there a bit of incest here? Why was (laughs) Olivier there? Olivier was there to support Margaret because Margaret was going through a tough time. <laughs> she did oh, burst out crying during this. <laughs> it was, well, okay. I love the fact that Claire couldn't dress up in her exchange with David. <laughs> the whole, uh, well, the rest of us managed to dress up. Well, the rest of you win. <laughs> I love that. That was, awesome. that was my favorite line of the whole episode. So, who's up for the... No, 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 no. Favorite line is coming up very soon. Who's up for the first eulogy? Uh, Rico. Um, And he talks about how we need to pray to make sense of this loss. And he was... uh, Nate was an inspiration to Rico. He had a natural sense of what to say to people when they're grieving. And he'd know what to say to us if he were here. Margaret starts snuffling, and so do I. 
Um, I thought that was, I, I liked it. I thought um, that was a, a good little eulogy from Rico, mm-hmm. you know, because I was really worried when he stepped up there. Yeah. I was like, oh, crap, douchebag central. But no, it was really nice, and I like how he talked about the fact that Nate seemed to, you know, have a knack for what to say to the, to the um, you know, the families of the brave, because that's what I, you know, that's how I always saw Nate, too. Mm-hmm. Like, especially at the beginning, he just had that knack for, you know, being empathetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was nice to have someone remind us of what we used to like about Nate. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And uh, David is up next, and uh, he starts to talk about how Nate used to defend him against bullies and how he told him to laugh all the bullies off and kind of make the best of a terrible situation. But in the meantime, we see the red-hooded Jake walking around in the background, and uh, David ends up falling to pieces. And being... Do you know how many times I rolled my eyes in this episode? Every single time that Jake was on screen. <laughs> but Michael Weston does. does. <laughs> I, Michael I love... Weston okay. does. Okay, did you did you watch Coma? I watched the first part. Okay, I watched the whole thing, and it wasn't that great. But um, the whole Michael Wesson thing just seemed like very random. But he played uh, like a crazy bad guy in that too. Mm-hmm. But he was, yeah, he was better in um, Six Feet Under. Um, typecast. <laughs> no, because he usually plays a, a nice guy. Oh. Well, whenever I see him. Speaking of nice guys, George steps up. And has a talk about how Nate was an idealist and uh, he struggled through his life to be a good man. He wasn't perfect. He never gave up on himself or the people who he loved and even loved itself in all its vexing, beautiful forms. And that's where I got drunk taking shots for every time Brenda's face did what it did. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Brenda. Brenda, I I am so proud of her for not telling all these people off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't like George's eulogy. I felt like um, it just didn't seem like, I don't know, it seems so not Nate. These Said it later, for Maggie. You know what I mean? It just, because, uh, I don't know, Nate was such a dick lately that it just felt like he was talking about somebody else. Because <laughs> he never knew the old Nate that everybody liked. Well, I felt like it was George... As you said earlier, talking a little bit for Maggie's benefit, but also talking about himself, mm. you know, about how he keeps trying to understand love in all of its ways. You know, it was weird. I thought, hmm, this is more about you than it is about Nate. Yes. Mm-hmm. A little selfish. I didn't get That's that strange. at all. I no, mean, I, I got that George maybe doesn't, shouldn't talk like he's known Nate all his life. But I like yeah. the fact that he pointed out that Nate wasn't perfect and really none of us are. And so it wasn't like, and that he was struggling to be a good man, that he wasn't a good man. And I thought that was honest. Hmm. And I don't know. Well, I the fact he was like, struggling is true. I mean, that, that part's yeah. valid. He was struggling. Yeah. 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 I feel like he just didn't know Nate well enough to really, you know, talk about him like that. Uh, he's known him for two years, maybe. So. Mm-hmm. That, you know, maybe he's speaking for the writers. He's trying to remind us about what. You know, we're supposed to understand what's going on in Nate's head. Yeah. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Um, 
so moving on, we have Ruth finding David resting on the sun porch, and uh, she says she's going to stay stay with him. And they make up, and she tells him that they're the most alike, and sometimes that makes it hard. That's, oh, that's so, so true. So Did she bring him a cold compress? Did I see that? Yep. Okay. Was like he dying of consumption? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brenda goes out in the front lawn where Jackie is with Maya and kind of flips out when she sees that Maya's wet herself. And Jackie offers to stay with Maya and let Brenda go ahead to the funeral. Can I just say, this is awful, but was anybody else completely distracted by Brenda's breasts in that scene? Yes! Yes! Thank you. They said she used to have these weird pointy boobs. They are not pointy anymore. Um, This is when she's pregnant, right, in real life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're just just enormous enormous and pointing sideways. They need to be reined in. They're scaring me. They are amazing. (laughs) You don't you don't rein the breasts in. Very round. Let him go free. <laughs> Let him go free. Well, I am I am very glad to know it was not just me who was staring no. at those breasts. Oh no. <laughs> no. No. I I was mesmerized. <laughs> Look, I've been on Brenda Boob Watch since we started the <laughs> <laughs> Um Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she screws up again with Maya here. And we have um, a scene with Ruth and George. And Ruth asks George to join them. But if uh, Joy is around, uh, please leave her behind. And George informs her that Joy is gone forever. <laughs> All Joy <laughs> is gone forever. <laughs> this is the saddest episode ever Um, finally one person out of the entire Fisher clan community seems to take it upon themselves to ask Brenda something (laughs) Rico (laughs) of all people comes to Brenda and says hey you know you want to go with uh, David or you want to go with me and you know I'm bringing Nate no Brenda's going to drive herself and we see how out of place she is as all the black cars are rolling up with yeah. Brenda's little red car following behind. So, yeah. I I wasn't a huge fan of from here on that Brenda was on the sidelines and Maggie was sidled up right next to Ruth. It freaking pissed me <sighs> off so much. <laughs> But anyway, um, so yeah, uh, David and Keith pull up and Keith is getting out when David sees, um, Jake in the woods and doesn't want to get out. (laughs) I roll. So Rico and George and Keith haul Nate's body to the burial ground. Rico. That was graceful. Rico's slipping. <laughs> Did they not plan ahead? I mean, you don't try to walk in the in like overgrown grass carrying heavy objects, wearing dress shoes. I'm sorry, Rico. Come on. Yeah, he Rico at least should have you know thought ahead. If no one else was, I mean, you know. <laughs> hey, man! It's the first uh, Fisher Funeral Home Green Funeral. Yeah, Rico's not going to be encouraging many of these. Remember when I slipped? They really Come needed on. Nate to help them out with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Meanwhile, David's freaking out in the car. Jake throwing himself against the window with no eyeballs. <laughs> but it's actually Ruth knocking, and she says, you know, if you don't get out, <laughs> you'll hate yourself forever. You have legs. Mm. <laughs> uh, that, yes, loved it. That, that was my favorite line. Time. Yep. <laughs> Ruth says she's going to wait with him. And... Then we see them walking hand in hand. And Keith. And then I got drunk again because okay. Brenda had that look on her face again. <laughs> <laughs> the, the scene where they were walking hand in hand, you know, across the uh, the, the, the grass. Mm-hmm. I really liked that scene. Did you notice that they were perfectly in step? No. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's I awesome. Did. I did. I loved it. I thought it was really a pretty shot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Keith meets them and takes his other hand, and we see Brenda sitting in the dirt. Yeah. Nobody paying attention to her. Um, and David can't read, uh, so Sarah offers to read Mystic Odes uh, uh, by Rumi. I, I'm not familiar with this at all. Are you guys? I don't know. Mm-mm. I am uh, not. Nope. If it doesn't start with Roses are Red, I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have a penis. It seems to be something uh, about how we're... Stereotype, stereotype. <laughs> it seems that we're supposed to... It's, it's something about focusing and not on the good or the bad because he's gone beyond good and bad and mm. so on and so forth. And then Claire finally has a good memory of her brother. Yay! Yay! Now, that was supposed to be a good memory because that does not seem like it would be a good memory. It's an awesome memory. Terrifying memory. (laughs) What are you talking about? She shared a real moment with her brother. Getting stoned when you're that young. That's terrible. Yes. She got stoned. She bonded with her brother that she didn't really know anything about. Yeah. She was a small child. Nate was, you know, pretty grown. He should have known better. That was horrible. Nate was in an emotional state. Kurt Cobain had died. <laughs> yes. Look, I remember when Kurt Cobain died. I didn't cry. I don't. <laughs> I totally did. I am not gonna lie. I cried and I cried when I heard that I he was dead. I don't get it. He's he's like he's not a member of family. Okay, it's sad that he's not gonna make any more music because I like his music. But you know what? He is not a family member. I don't know him personally. I cannot get that torn up about his death. But you're a robot. No, <laughs> I just he's not anybody that affects me. You know, in an interpersonal level. He's a stranger. Moira, you're strangely quiet. <laughs> um, I'm just sitting here thinking, well, Kirk Cobain was pretty messed up, so him killing himself wasn't horrifyingly shocking, really, was it? Uh, I just thought it was, well, I didn't say it was shocking. I said it mm. made me incredibly sad, and I remember crying. Yeah, it didn't But then again, you know, by the same, but by the same token, I have, I don't know any of these people on this television show that are completely fictional and yet somebody <laughs> drops them when they try to put him in the ground and that makes me cry and it upsets me. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the difference? I can only cry about a TV show if it makes me feel an emotion that doesn't have to do anything with those characters. Like the part when Ruth's crying about her son makes me think of my child and if I lost my child and that brought tears to my eyes. But music, way- okay, but music is a powerful 
thing for people. We relate music to times in our life, or we re- or we feel that musicians can speak for us. So, the way I took it was that for Nate, anyway, Kurt Cobain spoke to him. So, you know, if that affected him that much, then so be it. I mean, it didn't personally affect me that much, but I'm not a Cobain fan, so there you I'm go. I'm a huge Cobain fan, and it didn't affect me that much, but, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Anyway. Anyway, this is a good memory of Nate, and I think uh, I think it was Gabby who was saying it correctly. It was the fact that, you know, this is the – Nate was pretty much a stranger to Claire from what we've heard. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Because he was so much older, and he'd left yeah. – he'd gone away. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way the light on Claire's face changed when she was going into the memory. That was, did you notice that? I didn't notice that. It kind of got glowy and and then it fades into her in the doorway um, looking at Nate. Hmm. Anyway, it was very pretty. And uh, yes, if you want to see young Claire Fisher being super creepy, (laughs) check out the video in the Fisher cast group that I posted. Yes, I saw that. And Uh check out CarneyCast. So is that the same girl? I didn't watch yeah, the video. It's the same girl. Yeah, I did not know that. That's funny. Um, did Did you notice too? I thought it was cute. Like they were almost wearing the same, like her past self and her current self, and wearing the same yes. color T shirt. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> she always been a fan of that. And as we're coming out of that awesome memory, with and we have Claire smiling and Sarah finishing up uh, the reading Maggie starts crying in Ruth's arms while Brenda just looks at her (laughs) and I get more drunk Maggie's the worst (sighs) that's why she and Nate were the perfect couple (laughs) well it's bizarre the way as you guys have pointed out um, Brenda is just all alone that that family is there for each other we have a title Nobody is there for her. Right. Yeah. And hey, I like uh, when you guys tell me what the title thing yeah. means. <laughs> well, a it's lot just... of people are feeling all alone in this, but I can't see anybody more alone than Brenda in this. No kidding. Oh. Um. So yeah, they are lowering lowering Nate into the ground. And oh, oh, can I just say I love the way Claire pitched in and um helped with yeah. that. Yes, that was awesome. And so. Uh, I, kind of echoing the whole first the uh, Nathaniel Fisher's death, how you know Nate wanted to, you know, thinks that you know death should be more of a messy emotional thing, and started like throwing dirt into the yes into the gravesite. You know, everybody mm-hmm. else, everybody starts taking a shovelful and dropping it into Nate's grave. Well, it looked like perhaps they had to bury them him themselves yeah. because mm-hmm. you know it was very DIY. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. It didn't that way. Well, you know, because at a normal cemetery, you have groundskeepers that do that chore, mm-hmm. but right. here, I guess you Ooh, don't. I just well, thought of a new HGTV a... show. Bob <laughs> oh God! There was Bob a. There... <laughs> You're done. Well, okay, I, I will tell you that when, when they started all taking turns, especially when Ruth, Ruth took the shovel and started shoveling the dirt, that's when it got me again. Oh Did anybody gosh. else think that when uh, Brenda took a shovel full of dirt and threw it in, that she also threw the shovel in after it? She throws the shovel down, but actually into the pile of dirt. Yeah, I thought, because I was paying attention mostly but i guess i was a little distracted i i thought i saw the shovel go down 
on top of Nate, which I think would have been awesome, but apparently uh, she didn't do that. Yeah, I so, thought I saw that too. That's like dropping the mic. Out of yeah, drop the mic. <laughs> um, a couple. There was. Hey, I want to say oh, something. Tess, I've been trying to say this Sorry. for a while, Sorry. but I couldn't get a word in. The we were talking about how they like you know buried themselves. There was a shot where it showed like everybody. It was like a far off shot. You know, there were two people standing like way back by a tree, like watching. Were they like the, I wonder if they were the people, you know, who dug the grave and, and were, you know, the ground, the, the guys, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That's the, weird. I, I didn't catch that at all. I, did, I didn't catch that either. Uh, the burial I, I, minions. Yeah. <laughs> you sure it wasn't Jake and Nathaniel? <laughs> well, Ooh, that would have been awesome oh my god so you can only see two people like it was two men standing back hmm. you know away kind of at a distance watching you know how when there's a funeral they have the, the guys who are in charge of like you know putting the dirt back on they stand off back in the distance yeah. a respectful distance from the family that's what they that's you know what they look like to me. So that's why I was kind of surprised when they like seemed, it seemed like they had buried him by themselves because, you know, I would have thought they would have, you know, done some of it and then walked off and let the people finish it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose it makes more, I don't know. You definitely raised the question earlier when it's like, we're, t- we're talking about how, you know, are th- are they really responsible for burying him themselves? <laughs> so, I, I guess it makes more sense that there's two people, maybe you know, uh, official waiting officials the for the park or whatever, yeah. waiting uh, at least to supervise, if nothing else. Yeah, um, yeah. I just had to point out uh, a couple more things: the Claire going to help. And then just seeing her like shuddering almost as she's just forcing herself to help out is, oh my God. Um, Yeah, that and the whole part where uh, Ruth comes up to Rico and takes the shovel from from him. Oh my God. It's just everyone, every bit of it. I was Mm -hmm. just like. uh, At that point, I was so enthralled with Brenda biting her tongue and not lashing out at any of these awful people that I stopped feeling any empathy towards the fishers. Yeah. I felt like I felt the same, like Brenda was kind of, you know, biting her tongue and, and not just breaking down and, and going crazy on them. No. Whereas I was, I was totally in the moment of feeling each one of their grief and loss and remembering, you know, how that would be like, no matter what a dick Nate has been, to Brenda and to other people, for all of them, for the brother and the sister and the mom, you know, it's their son and their brother. And I was, I was in that headspace completely. Yeah. Well, even though Brenda, you know, even though he he cheated on her, was about to leave her, I'm sure, uh, you know, emotionally she still loved him, and this is still extremely painful too. Because yeah, yeah because you don't just shut it off in a heartbeat. Mm, no. You don't. You don't. She's she's. Very torn up and tortured and and stunned, lost. It's an interesting scene because it's like you're feeling every, what everybody's feeling, but yet you're also like feeling like how I don't know, like you're you're in your own world. So maybe 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 we shouldn't be so mad at the fishes for being kind of. I didn't say I was mad. I just <sighs> lost empathy towards them. Yeah, 
I think that's slightly different. Uh, I was, I think, more concerned with Brenda than I was with the others. Mm. I, I because she's in a very, me. very difficult, nearly impossible position of having to grieve for someone who, uh, I guess, only a couple of people are really aware of it, unless, you know, David told everybody. <laughs> but uh, not a very nice person in his last few couple of days of life. So um, I'm not saying things get switched off. But she's dealing with a lot more emotions than with a lot more with many more emotions than everybody else. Much more more uh, ambivalent feelings, yeah. Much more complicated feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now she's stuck with, you know, this unborn child, this you know, this child of his who's not even her biological child, and all this crap, you know, to deal with in the future too. I, I imagine she has. You know, some serious things running through her head. That's what Illyrio said. I, I don't envy her yeah. position. Yeah. Oh, not at all. So, yeah, she's the last to leave. And, of course, the car doesn't start. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, oh, my God, you have to hit the horn. Oh, God, you're going to be stopped and eaten by a cougar. I know. I was thinking that, too, if that goddamn cougar shows up again, I'm going to give up. Or- or if Maggie comes back. No. I would think that if Maggie came back, Brenda would murder Maggie. <laughs> I would love to see that fight. Yes, Maybe. I, would I would like do. Brenda to have the baby first, but yes, I would love to see yes. that fight. Perhaps yeah, there was something like in the quiche. <laughs> <laughs> quiche to the slaughter. Keep, keep going, Brenda. Soon you'll be getting closer and closer to the poisoned quiche. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did I knock your plant over? I must get back to my master. <laughs> is that is that Igor? Because it sounded kind of like what kind of quiche is it? Uh, Abby, someone. <laughs> Abby, normal. Yes, it's an Abby normal quiche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What quiche? What quiche? All right. So, um, uh, Nate shows up. And asks her what she thought of the poem. And oh man, that was weird. <laughs> Brenda says it was crap. Who picked this poem, Lisa? Honestly, <laughs> Ghost Lisa. God, <laughs> he says Maggie would have understood it, and he needs. She needs to stop acting like a wronged wife. She was terrible to Maya, and she could have married Joe, but she thinks that anyone who truly wants to be with her is an idiot and she now she has to destroy everything and everyone she loves just like everybody else in her family (laughs) who are these people who are so self-aware of their self-loathing that they can manifest these (laughs) (laughs) hallucinogens i wish i was so in touch with how i hate myself um, you know what I, I really really dug about the scene was the fact that I think Peter Krauser really got it. The fact that he wasn't Nate anymore. He was Brenda and talking like Nate. Like the way he acts in the scene is not I mean, it, it's Nate. It's saying Nate Nate Nate-ish things. <laughs> but he's speaking very, you know, eloquently and, and intelligently. And and authoritatively, like it's it's not Nate at all. It's it's Brenda, and I think that's like Brenda said that she's like twenty times smarter than him. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, again, someone had to say it. Yeah. <laughs> again, uh, uh, he's he's not Nate. He's he's Brenda. I just thought Peter Krauser really got the scene. 
did a great job, even though he was acting like a complete asshole. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anything else for this scene? No? Oh, moving on. Um, Anthony and Darrell bring soup and jazz to David. Yay. Wants yeah. soup and jazz. Smooth jazz. <laughs> <laughs> that's so adorable. Yeah. yeah, none of that jazz fusion stuff that's going to mess <laughs> mess with your brain. <laughs> Right and in the background, we hear the lofty sounds of Keith angrily quitting his job with Roger. Yay, Keith! <laughs> uh, we have uh, George, Bettina, and Sarah sitting with Ruth, and they're talking about how Ruth's going to get past this, you know, and slowly you learn to live with it, slowly you learn to fall back in love with what really matters, and you just find a way to make sense of it. And then Sarah says she had a dream of Nate. <laughs> Uh, well, so did Ruth. So, what's the big this, deal? Yeah, this reminded me. She reminded me of Margaret Chenoweth there, kind of making it all about her. Mm. I, you know, going back on the rewatch and having this bad taste in my mouth from this scene with Sarah, I started to see how Sarah was. Uh, she was more about like, I am doing the very important good sister thing and. You know, this is this is making me look really good. Not I mean, when she's just proudly reading that poem at Nate's funeral, and yet, like the look on her face after she gets done singing, like oh, I totally didn't get that, but it's so beautiful. You know, <laughs> and, I say that, and then just this whole oh well, he he had a very loving. I mean, you know, he didn't say anything, but come on, I got the message. Like, mm. like come on, Ruth. Come around. And, I, you know, also, you know, Ruth Ruth saw him at the beginning of the episode, and Ruth's already saying, like, oh, did, did he say anything about death? He was talking about death in the beginning of the episode. So, anyway, I was kind of put off by that. Moving on. Um, so, Ruth hears the door, and I guess she must have heard something. So, she comes downstairs, and Brenda is bringing Maya over. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she can't deal. She's making things worse. See you later. I'm going to Australia. <laughs> That's what she should have said. And that, that, that better be what she does. Run, girl, run. You mean to go find Australian naked guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I hope she does it just for, like, for Ruth's sake and everything. I hope she doesn't. Claire can raise Maya. And never come back because, you know what? She's, she's carrying Nate's child, you know, their grandchild. To lose out on that is just horrible. There she is, Maya. She can be grandma. Okay. I'm look. I'm being all serious and trying to be, you know. I appreciate it. Emotional Listen, and crap like that. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes to remain sane, sometimes you might just have to cut and run. She has no ties to these people. Let's let's seriously look at no, this. No, 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 no. She has, she has a tie to Maya. How? Be- how? Because she shared a house with the child. She has oh Maya's God, Illyrio. She put her to bed or every night. Read her I story. understand that, but babysitters do that too. Nannies do that too. Uh, Mister Belvedere did that for years. Uh, I'm saying that she might be so damaged. She might be so damaged that she might actually be saying, "You know what? I gotta go." Raise your grandchild as best you see fit. <laughs> I have to fix myself. I have to focus on me, and I have to figure out how I can be normal again. Because 
I think that's a valid uh, situation that she might be finding herself in. I'm not just trying to be flippant here. I know I, I, I'm very flippant all the time, but I'm being also quite serious uh-huh. and emotional here. At some point in time, you might have to weigh the consequences of being around these people because of Maya, right? Because of this obligation you feel to your stepchild when, and maybe you just need to not do that. Well, and, and maybe you just, just need to go away. Pardon? Even it's not just Maya. If she leaves Maya with the Fishers and yeah. leaves, she is still carrying Ruth's grandchild. But and, that doesn't you know, matter. She should still. She's still basically tied to them. <laughs> yeah, she's still he, tied he, to them. Child, this is Maya's sister. This is Ruth's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. You know, this is David and Claire's niece. The to just take off and be gone for good is yeah. just a terrible mm-hmm. thing for them. You know, I well, don't. But she's she, it's, it's her body. She, she can run mm-hmm. away. She can get over. Yeah. She can heal. She can come back and or you know, not come back. I, you I, know, I was, you know what, I, what it makes me think is, um, like, I hear what you're saying, that she, you know, has her issues to deal with, but if that were her biological child, Illyrio, you wouldn't yeah. be saying that. And no, when you, when you, and wait a minute, let me finish, and when you're yeah. a parent, guess what? You don't get the luxury to decide that you get to cut and run, and if you're the parent that's going to cut and run, maybe you shouldn't be a parent. Right. Yeah, and but, she now has a biological one that yeah. you know you have to think about. Yeah, because Maya's I, attached to her. I mean, I'm thinking about it from that point of view too. Maya is attached to her. Yeah, but she's young enough that she yeah. could forget her still. Yeah, she could. So yeah, there's, there's no real, you know, like if you're weighing all the options here and you're really considering consequences, uh, maybe healing her herself is more important than placating to the needs of her uh, in-laws. I would, you know, you know and I mean? maybe, uh, maybe, her, maybe this family can help her heal. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I just hope she does. Have you been watching the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think this family is qualified to help anyone heal. Is is, no. is also a point in here? You know, I, I, all right, I'm going to call a close to this conversation. We're definitely going to be talking more about it in the future. I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, moving on. <laughs> Am I right about Australia? Because that would be just awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. I really hope so. I'm just saying, maybe me. Brenda should have had the Australian guy show up at the funeral because he was just as welcome there as fucking Maggie was. Anyway, moving on. So, Brenda goes home and hears Ooh, a Hold on. Noise. Sorry. Can I be flipping for a moment? Sure. <laughs> Brenda should have driven uh, Maya to Maggie's house. <laughs> she doesn't want to be Carry cool. on. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no, she was just Baker quiches, Illyrio. <laughs> <laughs> you want some more quiche? <laughs> <laughs> wow! So now, now she sounds like Gollum. <laughs> I do the best imp- impressions. Not as good as Michael David, but. <laughs> um, so yeah, Brenda goes home and hears a noise. Someone's broken in, and it's Billy. Hooray! Hey! I knew that was. Now, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Now Billy and Brenda can be together. The family finally in Australia. Finally, finally, <laughs> someone's there for Brenda. And thank and, God. and raise her baby like okay. their own. <laughs> I have to. Um, I have to say something about this. When Brenda starts 
sobbing like that, you know, she she did a good job because that brought tears to my eyes. Nice. Because when Ooh. people emotion, what? Not that. When people start sobbing like that, because I have sobbed like that with the pain of loss and oh my god, it's never gonna stop hurting. And every time someone on TV does that, it gets to me every time. It's it's definitely the most hardest hitting, I think, when you see a character like Brenda who is very, you know, composed and wants to just be strong. Yeah, very strong, yeah. And just breaking down like that. And and it's just, yes. you know, it's beautiful that her brother's there for, her, you know? Mm, yes. <laughs> Surprise. So, uh, as we close out the episode, Claire is listening to all apologies, and mm. Ruth is tucking Maya in. As we go okay, this. wait, can I interject something cute? <laughs> okay. When Skylar was, like, two years old, um, and we used to listen to Nirvana a lot because my ex-boyfriend was a huge fan, um, and, and that song, you know, the part where it says, married, buried. Mary. Yes, Skylar thought it said Desiree, and she would always sing, Desiree, <laughs> Desiree. <laughs> <laughs> Cutest thing ever. Okay, continue. <laughs> Oh, I got nothing else to say. If, uh, if we're all good here, we can move on to the next part of the... Uh, that Claire project. moment was awesome. Yeah. Oh, Claire. Oh, Claire. There was a the moment in the show where somebody said, Oh, Claire. And I was like, Ha, ha, ha. Oh, Claire. That's a city. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, geography humor. <laughs> yeah all right well we have nothing more important to talk about so moving let's take a break and hear from our friends at potential cast in every generation there is a podcast where one alone has watched buffy the vampire slayer before the three others must stand against the spoilers the synopses and the forces of dvd commentary tracks this is potential cast this is stephanie this is kim I'm Gabby. I'm Illyrio. I see sort of myself in Cordelia. I really like that light for some reason. The show does that a lot, and I really like it. I love Child's explanation about both use a slayer. Don't tell anyone. That's all the information you need. We do have a lot of feedback. Whether you're brand new to Buffy or you're a seasoned rewatcher, come find us at potentialcast.com. And we're back. What's a potential cast? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a great podcast. I listen to it's it. It's the best. It's our right. <laughs> Fisher cast is probably the best. I'd say. I mean, I'd say so too. And... It's got the best co-host ever. <laughs> Indeed, I, I think really best produced. Really, <laughs> should be right up there. Fisher of the week. Um, so yeah, yeah. Let's let our uh, guest go first and tell us who her favorite Fisher was. I'm kind of scared to tell you who my Fisher of the week is and why, because I'm afraid everybody's going to yell at me. <laughs> no, no. I promise I won't yell. Okay, my favorite, my Fisher of the week is Ghost Nate for telling stupid Brenda <gasps> how it really is. Oh. Now I wish I would have said I was going to yell. <laughs> I, it is no what do you secret. Mean, how, 
that I hate her and she is my least favorite character ever. So you think she should stop wow. acting like she was wronged in any way? And well, <laughs> she's an idiot. Okay. Uh, I think everybody forgets. I know she's been through some stuff and Nate was a douchebag, but I think everybody forgets how kind of twisted and manipulative and not a nice person deep down in her core she is. She used to be. I don't think I, I don't think see her like that anymore. People change that. She's much. grown and matured. I agree. I, I'm giving my like her boobs. <laughs> yes. I, I am voicing my opinion and I have no apologies for it. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. I like how you tied that in. Go wow, you, you sound like Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> High five, Moira. You know, Gabby, just like Ruth and David, you know, people who are really alike really don't like each other. You know, they don't they have problems getting along. Um, Moira, do you want to go next? Okay. Um, for me, it is David because uh, I think he tried to initially to be the rock and to make the funeral happen and to kind of keep the family glued together. And then when he finally loses it and the scene with him and his mom in the car, you know, when she says, uh, what's your line? I'll wait until you can. I thought that was the best line watching him act all of that. And, and then come to the graveside and just, I don't know, the emotion that he displayed that the actor displayed in this episode just really impressed me. And so, uh, yeah, I'm picking David. Excellent. Alirio. Brenda. Brenda not only maintained her composure uh, throughout the episode, not killing Maggie, um, <laughs> making it look like a quiche accident of some kind. <laughs> not only did she keep her uh, bite her tongue at the funeral, uh, not only did she bite her tongue at the burial, she had the balls to say, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> Here's Maggie. I need some time by myself. Maya. Maya. <sighs> Maya. It starts with an M, yes? <laughs> she she had the balls to say, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going home. Take Maya. I need time by myself. And goodbye. Brenda. Yeah, speaking of uh, Maggie, by the way, now I can say that this is probably the reason why, like, uh, Claire uh, Lafar uh, used to get so angry at me when we start, first started doing this podcast by calling Margaret Maggie all the time. She's like, uh, Scott, yeah. Maggie! Maggie's I keep awful. trying to call her Maggie also, and then I was like, no, 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 she's Margaret. She's Margaret, yeah. <laughs> all right, so, Des? Okay. Um, I, I was kind of torn between, um, two, uh, I was going with either Claire or Ruth and I think I'm going to go with, oh, it's, oh, it's difficult. There are so many reasons I didn't pick any of the other characters. These are the only two that didn't like do something I thought was not, you know, just not good. Um, it's so difficult. I'm going to, I'm just going to go with Ruth because she lost her child and that's the worst. Yes, that's awesome because I picked Claire. 
This is great. I love this. Uh, Claire kept it real. That's why I picked her. Claire, Claire had to had Claire had to get away. She felt things, and then she just you know showed up in her regular clothes, and um, and just I just seeing Claire dealing with it, it was pretty painful, and I really I just you know constantly finding more and more reasons to love Claire. So <laughs> Claire, she, she she grieved in her own way and made no apologies about it. <laughs> I like that. So is there a way to do shots if we all pick, like, the main characters of the show? <laughs> Say yes, shots, everybody. Superficial yeah. shots going on now. <laughs> Dilly, Dilly, yeah. Dilly. Clink, clink, clink. <laughs> all right, so we got some uh, listener eulogies. We don't have any voicemails mm-hmm. this week, but we do No, we some... don't get to hear the Norwegian version of Aww. douchebag. <laughs> That's Aww. the best. <laughs> Um, Moira, did you want to try to act Norwegian as you read? <laughs> no. I, I'd be happy to read in this email, but I don't think I can do it in a Norwegian accent. All right. <laughs> okay, we ready? Here we go. So, she says, spoiler alert, don't read this if you haven't seen the episode All Alone. Thank you. Hi, FisherCast. Here's some feedback for All Alone. Instead of recording a voicemail of me sobbing loudly while trying to get some words out, I'm writing an email this time. Wow, I'm devastated. I'm a wreck. I remember this episode as a very sad one. And most of all, I recalled Nate's green funeral and my fear that his shroud would rip open and his decomposing body would fall out. Thank God that didn't happen. I have to give it up for Michael C. Hall and his stellar acting in this episode. His speech for Nate was so hard to watch and him seeing his old nemesis everywhere and freaking out at the funeral felt very real. I love how Ruth stayed with him and insisted that he come out of the car because he would have regretted it if he hadn't been there to bury his brother. I love that George came and supported the Fishers in this tough time, which is surprising since I didn't like him much before. I love Ted being there for Claire when she needed to go for a drive. I love that Kathy Bates was back and being totally awesome. Yeah, we didn't mention much about her and the food and the eating stuff at the beginning, but she was totally Isn't awesome. Isn't just accepted between the between <laughs> rules? <laughs> <laughs> I hate Maggie and her stupid quiche. She should just stay away. Yes. I think calling her a ferret is an insult to ferrets. <laughs> Good point. I had a ferret once and he was darn cute. I feel I feel so sorry for Brenda. It's almost too much to bear. Okay, I'm going to go cry again now. Obviously, it's a 10 out of 10 funeral shrouds for me. Love ya. Hugs from Ina. Aw, thank you. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have our next one is from Matt. And uh, you know what? I'm going to read this because I think I have to interrupt it a couple times, so I might as well just read it. <laughs> hey, rammed. <laughs> Wait, I'm last again, damn it. <laughs> you know, we're so close to being able to be Narm, but we aren't quite. Oh, so close. <laughs> I, I do like rammed, though. I think that's the best one yet. Uh. We know any um, people whose names start with N. We could get a last minute replacement for Des. <laughs> no, it would be no. Des you. is your middle name start with N? No, it starts with K. What is it? Catherine. Aww. 
Um, <laughs> oh my God, Cena Catherine! Ah! Yeah, hello. That's where I came from. Holy shit, my brain I just, just exploded. No, no, Every time you guys say no. Arm. I think of Norm McDonald and, and like somebody, Norm. I don't know. Because I I'm have those flashbacks from when I was with my platoon and we <laughs> shot all the kids. No, that I'm was the X-Files like, episode I watched. Saturday Night Live back when Norm was on it, they used to go like, Norm! <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Nat writes, Nate's dead, and as much as we're still reeling from the never-ending mourning period for Lisa, we knew it wasn't going to be oh shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> much like Ecotone, Nate's death has united the show, and the show is much better for it. Yes. We don't have the nonsense with Brenda's attempts at becoming an a, ther- a therapist, remember that? Uh, Rico and Vanessa's saga, and Alcide yeah. and the Wolfpack. Oops, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> Worst storyline ever. <laughs> uh, awesome. They suffered a major loss, and each of them are dealing with it in a specific way, whether it's anger, Brenda, regret, Ruth, uh, reversion and being hyper-attentive, David, supportive partner, Keith, and to some extent, George, or escape, Claire. Some stray thoughts. No opening death, which makes sense since there are really no, there really was no time for it, and you could argue the series to date was a long death of the week prologue. Nice. <laughs> Love it. Um, what? <laughs> this entire series was an opening death. This entire series happened in a millisecond? <laughs> <laughs> and they're in a all-denomination church now? <laughs> oh, for no. goodness sake, don't we started. Anyway, poor Ruth. Although they should have mentioned why Ruth didn't have a cell phone on her during her trip a little earlier. I would say because she's an old lady and we just accept that. It just goes without saying, right? I mean, had the jitterbug back then. <laughs> <laughs> that mortician isn't exactly a people person. She has a unique skill at picking the most insensitive tone for things that are supposed to be positive. Makes sense she'd work on corpses. I was assuming she didn't know that Nate was David's brother. Yeah. And that she just assumed it was a rando corpse. David got that with uh, Lisa, too. It was just like, hey, you here to pick up this sack of meat? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Poor David. Every time. Yay, Kathy Bates and Patricia Clarkson, the latter of whom won an Emmy for her work this season, beating fellow Six Feet Under co-star Joanna Cassidy. Plays Who is Joanna Cassidy? Margaret. Who did play? Margaret. Margaret Okay. Yeah, we got should it. definitely... Uh, during a retrospective, maybe I should mention some of the awards. But anyway, um, it makes sense the trauma of losing his brother would bring David's past trauma of being in the worst episode ever back to the surface. <laughs> Michael C. Hall's doing some really great work here. <laughs> worst episode ever. <laughs> Ted's mix CD sounds like the music loop they play at my workplace. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Holy crap, crap, Brenda's mommy boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret promising not to make something all about her is like Lucy promising not to yank the football out of Charlie Brown's way. <laughs> oh, douchey 29-year-old Nate. Some things never change. <laughs> Smoking weed at 11. I can't imagine anything going wrong with that. Cue theme from House, and Moira tells us what can go wrong with that. 
<laughs> oh no, maybe I'm a little obnoxious. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> What's the over under on Maya becoming a stripper? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I think the um, he's misusing over under. <laughs> over under is a type of wager where you pick a number and something can either be above that number or below that number. For example, what are the total points going to be scored in the sports match between game A and game and <laughs> between team A and team two? And you can have a, a number, and if they score total above it, that's the over. And under it, it's the... No, so you mean what they're the odds, Matt. The odds! Maybe he means what's the over-under um, on Maya becoming a stripper at 16. And then you pick... No, no, you're still asking for higher. odds. Okay, so, so, so uh, moving on. Um, I, he says, I think the lyrics are, all in all is all we are, not all alone is all we are, as the episode title implies. Yeah, I looked this up. Um, I, I was misled, actually, by uh, a New York Times article and, of course, some other people uh, referencing this and I was like, oh, I never knew it was all alone is all we are in this New York Times it's article. Not. It's not. <laughs> No, it's it's all in all is all we are. So I don't think I don't think the episode title is about that lyric. I think it's just wait a second. All alone. Are you guys saying Nirvana songs have lyrics? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, as for why Brenda is a walking bag of suck, oh, I should hand this to Gabby. <laughs> okay. I feel the character has long served out her usefulness and is just shoehorned into this show. She should have left the show after the first season. After that, it's been the same thing every season. Brenda and Nate are a bad match. They break up. They get back together. Repeat until Nate's head explodes. Not to mention, Brenda is so constantly whining and annoying. Uh, she's so far gone that I really can't sympathize with her, even though she's been wronged and is dealing with a major traumatic event. I didn't see her going to the Quaker church as supportive of Nate at all, unless being supportive means being passive-aggressive and ready to complain at the moment's notice, like she were a six-year-old who couldn't go to the toy store. Mm -hmm. Ouch. I don't agree, Matt, but ouch. I don't either. Okay. Like rolling your eyes at Quaker Church is like rolling your eyes at any church. It's just normal. <laughs> uh, there, I said it. Let's move on now. Fisher of the week I'm giving to Ruth because she could use the points. I'm giving uh -huh. this one. I'm giving this one nine out of ten members of the Twenty Seven Club. What does Ooh. that mean? What is that? Oh come on, Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison. Who else, Robin? Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, people that have died at age 27. Music people. Hey, not any of us. Unless one of yeah. us is a ghost. <laughs> I need to know. I can either confirm or deny my ghostness. <laughs> you talk to cats and they understand you. That's suspicious right there. Okay. Yes, understand being, I hear what you say and I'll shit in your hat anyway. <laughs> Thank you. You're never going to get over that, are you, man? Never. Never. <laughs> Mostly because it sounds Ooh. cool to say the cat shat in my hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dr. Wait. Seuss, I did always like you. Thank you, Matt. And uh, let's get on here to Luke's email. We got an email from Luke. We haven't heard from him in a Ooh, long time. Oh, a new person. Actually, yeah, he, he's emailed before. I will Wrong read your though. email. <laughs> <clears throat> Luke writes, hello, FisherCast. Since there's only three episodes left, I was feeling sentimental and decided to write in. 
All Alone is the single most saddest episode of scripted television I've ever seen. It's almost sadder than the most unlikable character of the Fisher family died because it's worse to see characters we love grieving. On first discovering in this episode that Nate was truly dead, not just mostly dead, that's me adding that, but truly dead, it was, I was utterly outraged at the writers for making him so unlikable right before he died because what's the point? On subsequent viewings, I've come to appreciate that they don't use the old TV cliche of making the character likable right before they kill them. <coughs> Lost. <laughs> I'm no doctor, but I'd say we aren't always doing the right thing before we die. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. This is my second favorite of the series, and my favorite episode is almost here. So there's lots to look forward to. Luke. <laughs> Thank you for writing, Luke, and I do hope you write in for the finale. Opinions. Unless it's, unless your favorite episode is next week's episode. It really, it's a 50-50 shot we got here, right? <laughs> There's two episodes left. All right, so moving on. Uh, Tammy <laughs> has I, just wrote in. Do I get to read that one? Yeah. All right. Tammy says, Hi, FisherCast. Saddest episode ever. I'm such a wimp and cried through practically the entire thing. Ugh, I felt so bad for Ruth. Are her and George going to get back together? Oh, for God's sakes, I hope not. <laughs> please, no, please. Um, okay, uh, that would not make me happy. And poor David with his post-traumatic stress rearing its ugly head. Ruth was so good waiting with him in the car. And what the hell, Maggie? Why are you even still part of the show? Yeah. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <sighs> so how many of you think that Brenda's not coming back for Maya? Points to I think it was a... I think it was the best thing for right now to drop her off with Ruth since she is not in the best condition to be patient with a child, but she almost sounded like she didn't plan on coming back. Anyways, I'm hoping there is a leap into the future and the final two episodes don't pick up right after the funeral. Oh, God, me too. Uh, I still think Ruth is going to die. Oh, or maybe more Fishers die. I mean, a show about death with the entire family dying in the finale. Perfect, right? Maybe suicide packs since they never seem to find happiness in anything. <laughs> Tammy. You know, While searching for marijuana, Claire finds a, finds a bag of ricin. <laughs> and the Fishers died. I don't. I think it would be a little too um, convenient if they all died. A suicide pact? Well, I mean, that would just be so. That would just be weird. <laughs> yeah. Maybe burying uh, Nate out in the in the woods turns him into a special hippie zombie. And he comes <laughs> back and eats his family. The end. Last rites, everybody. Uh, let's start with our guest. What is your rating for this episode? This is one of my has always... Oh, wow, where'd that accent come from all of a sudden? That was weird. It's a heavy rotation today. It was strange. <laughs> anyway, um, this has been one of my favorite episodes in the entire series. And it moves me to tears at least seven times in the episode. <laughs> I was a, a mess. So um, it's just awesome. And it's sad knowing that it is coming to an end soon yet again. Um, so I am going to give it, but it's not perfect. Not perfect. Um, I'm going to give it nine out of ten scary fruitcakes. <laughs> Des. Okay. Um, 
I, I, ca- I kind of like this episode. I mean, I understand that, you know, Nate's a major important character and we have to, you know, be sad about him dying and everything. I just hope, like Tammy, that we jump ahead and we don't have to dwell on it because after the whole Lisa shit and dwelling on that for, like, a whole season, it really put me off of, of you know, the, the grieving process. So I really hope we don't have to deal with, you know, I mean, sure, they're going to be sad forever, but... Can we at least skip ahead enough in the future that it's not, you know, constant mopey, mopey wham? Um, I, I really, yeah, I like the episode overall. I, I, it was sad, but you know, I, I didn't cry anything. But I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it eight out of ten mealy mouth little cunts. Illyrio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well. Parts of this episode made me well up with tears, made me feel uh, horrible for the Fishers. Parts of this episode made me fill up with anger and want to hate the Fishers. So I'm going to give this episode seven. Seven out of ten. See you later. (laughs) Alligator. (laughs) I'm going to Australia. Now, now I'm wanting it to happen. <laughs> you <see> it. <laughs> That's not a jilted wife, uh, Moira. <laughs> um, That's a jilted wife. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, crocodile! Um, I really like this episode. It, uh, much like Gabby, it, it moved me to tears several times. I do believe I related every time during this podcast. <laughs> And um, I, uh, it, I just, I got lost in the whole imagining of how it would feel to lose somebody that, you know, was so important to you in your life. And I liked the way they showed us everybody's angle, you know, everybody's take on it. I really liked that, all the different aspects of the grieving. So I really enjoyed how the show did that. Um, so for me, I'm going to give it a nine and a half out of ten broken voiced eulogies. Hmm. You should let me go after Moira every time so I can say, yeah, what she said. Because she just, she says it so eloquently and I stumble around for words. Note to self, Des is never going to last ever again. Oh, you suck, Robin. <laughs> Only two episodes I gotta think about it for. <laughs> I'll let you go last when we rate the series in the retrospective. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, okay, well, uh, that just leaves me, and I definitely uh, agree with Gabby. Um, this is like one of the best episodes of the series. I love it, and uh, it's uh, written by a Robin, so it's got to be good. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, like you know, I just think it's one of those touchstone episodes of uh, television about death that I think just really hits it. Uh, on the head, or I don't know, hit me on the head. So, uh, so I'll, here's my rating system: ten out of ten, top forty feel good songs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's bury this brother for reals this time. <laughs> the odd can iTunes. They, can they, what? Can they be happy now? Like, you know, for once. I mean, now that we got the saddest thing ever over, can we have some happiness on the show? Or is it too late for that? Is it just doomed and never ever going to be happy? That would be a spoiler. On next week's Six Feet Under, Ruth kills herself. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! Uh, 
Okay, so yeah, iTunes, <laughs> leave us a star rating, leave us a review, we'd love it. If not, download us on on Downcast and tweet out and uh, send out on Facebook that you're listening to us. Let people know, FisherCast, we're, we're on our way out, but we'll always be here. Like Nathaniel or something. <laughs> Fenu Greek, baby, Fenu Greek. <laughs> <laughs> You can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com and you can find all our episodes we ever made ever, ever, ever. <laughs> ever? Correct. Ever, ever. 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 That's right. Ever. You know where the fun's really at? It's on Facebook. Wait a minute. Face- what? Paul, Doesn't it finish no. your sentence? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. Oh, man. I was, I was done. No, but I'm next. <laughs> Oh, oh. Not on the, oh, not on the, okay. on, on the um, outline. On the Sorry. outline, it's Delirio's next. Shh, shh, there's no outline. I'm not even looking there's, at the outline. No I just figured I would say when it felt right. You guys have outlines? <laughs> I know, right? I know, right, Gabby? What's that all about? <laughs> What's with the organization? <laughs> That's why we won the best produced vote. That's right. I have a stack of legal pads over here filled with notes. <laughs> I have a legal pad that just says Nate on it. Do you have a heart around it? You have another one that says Angel, and that's it. It is daggers poking at Angel. All right, we're, we're falling apart here. Can we get back on to where we can find people okay. and stuff? Um. You can write to us <laughs> at FisherCast1 at gmail.com. You have only two shows left in which to voice your opinion. And here's what I would like. I would love it if all the little people out there who are quietly listening but haven't written in send us a thought or two. That would be yes. very cool. Just, just, yeah, just a thought. One sentence. Yeah, if it- and if you think email is too hard, I'm sure you're on Facebook. <laughs> then you can just do a little search for FisherCast. Find us. Find our group. Our group is there. Join the group. Keep do it spoiler free search. and it'll be a lot of fun. Make a little love. Get down tonight. All right. <laughs> on Facebook. Gabby, where can we find you on the web? And by the way, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me on very last minute yeah. as a surprise. It was fun. It was sweet. It was, it was, it was amazing. Awesome. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we are. And I loved being at home alone on a Friday night crying with my dog looking at me like I was insane. Yeah. That was, that was yeah, so cool. You're not, you're not going to cut and run, are you? Please. <laughs> no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live up to my responsibility. Oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. Brenda's um, colors run. Let me tell you. <laughs> where, where am I? Um, I am on the Twitter as at Browatch. Browatch. which doesn't eat. It's not even a thing anymore. No, there was. <laughs> Damn them in their cleverly concealed bra straps now on Buffy and Angel. Ah, I am also on a couple of podcasts. Get out of town. I am with you sometimes. Robin. Mm. (laughs) Yay. And as has Moira. 
Um, potential cast and redemption cast. They're awesome. You should listen to them, even if you have never watched a Buffy or Angel, because I never have. <laughs> Intro casts are awesome. <laughs> I just read the synopsis and go with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you watch the finale and you're like, well, whatever. I, I get it all now. <laughs> yeah. Des? Yeah. Where can we find you? You can find me in Pensacola. Um, also, next you can to the Whataburger. And close to the airport. Close to the airport, yes, definitely. Sorry about the planes, guys, but the windows are open because it's getting cool and they're loud. Um, you can find me on What's On with Stefan Des, uh, where we talk TV and fall TV's coming up, so we'll be going back to a weekly format. What's On with Stefan Des.blogspot.com. I really wish you would say it as I'm on What's On with Stefan Des. <laughs> what's On with Stefan Des.blogspot.com. <laughs> Illyrio, feel free to uh, plug yourself as uh, loudly and uh, in song as possible. Right ahead. Yeah. You can find me on Potential Cast, Redemption Cast, Yip Yip, The Last Derivative Podcast, Pausecast, and this show. And your mom cast. You can't even say its name. And this show. They know the name of the show. Oh, and I just recently did a guest spot. That's right. I'm uh, I'm uh, emulating Robin. Uh, I was a guest Yay. on another intro cast, uh, the Red Dwarf intro cast. Yes. And Ooh. they are doing an episode by episode uh, Red Dwarf retrospective. The two of the hosts have never seen it before. Two of them have. And it was awesome fun. <laughs> yes. Check them out. Uh, is, do you have a link at all for them? But maybe not. I do believe it's uh, reddwarfpodcast.podbean.com. Cool. I can double check that. You can just do a search, though, for Red Dwarf Introcast on your favorite podcatcher, like iTunes or Downcast, and I'm sure you can find them. And you can find me on Redemption Cast talking about how awesome Angel is. And uh, <laughs> was that with air quotes? Uh, <laughs> air quotes <laughs> quoting me. Um, <laughs> I don't even need air quotes to quote myself. Um, and uh, uh, on the on the Twitter at L Robinero, and I can tell you, Gabby, if you ever want to tra- change your Twitter f- handle, it's fine. I've changed mine constantly. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find Moira watching Finding Nemo with Maya and giving her extra hugs. Oh, also on Twitter at Moira Brown with an E. <laughs> That's it for Fishercast this week. Two episodes left. Yeah. Next week, your homework is season five, episode eleven, static. As for oh, no. all alone, major drama still coming. Uh, as for all alone, we therefore commit this episode to the ground, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. Dust to dust. Bye. There's a pile of dirt on your face. Bye. <laughs> I've got a shovel for it. No problem. Nice. Dropping the shovel. Boom.